Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, in order to help us enter in a little bit to what Jesus is saying, I'd like to teach you something from the theological tradition of the church. And it's a distinction known as ethics and ethos. Ethics and ethos. Ethics are the behaviors. So, for example, thou shall not lie. When you don't lie, ethically you are in line with God's plan. Your behavior conforms to God's plans. Congratulations. Great job. It's good to be ethical. Ethos, though, is all the world of attraction, desire, those inner thoughts, feelings, and desires that move in us and animate us. So you may really, really want to lie to someone, and though ethically you don't, it means good. You're on the right path but there's still work to do because our hearts are not in line with the love, beauty, and power of Jesus. They're still kind of off kilter. So what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel is so often we reduce Christianity, our faith, to some sort of behavior modification. Just get in line and be a good Christian boy or girl. But there's so much more good news. There's something so much deeper at work. There's a transforming power that would transform us from the inside out. So I like to pick on married couples once in a while. So I'm going to come right over here because the vendors, they're trying so hard. They're doing so great with their kids. We're super impressed. Dan is on finance council, so I'm going to pick on both of you, all right? right, Dan said, let's do it. Megan's like, please go away. All right. right. (laughs) Megan, here's a question for you. Have you ever attempted to kill Dan? (laughs) Okay, she said no. That's good. Really good. So in that regard, you are fulfilling God's commandments, and you ethically are doing great. Have you ever wanted to kill Dan? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding, right? She still says no, that's great. Good job for you two, all right? Great job. So her heart, in regards to her husband, is in line with God's own heart. She desires what God desires. From her interior life out, she's participating in God. Why is this important? Well, When I, back in January, one of the things we did is we redid the parish meeting room in the uh, the parish offices. And we painted them, and it just needed updated, and we needed to be able to do Zoom meetings so much more, so we had to get a camera thing in there and all this stuff. But I decided, let's put some nice art on the walls to have this room have some dignity. So we picked some saints, some pictures of saints, and some quotes. And one of the quotes that I picked was from an early church theologian named St. Athanasius. Now, St. Athanasius, he defended that Jesus was God. 
He talked about the Trinity. He really helped the church in those first few hundred years figure out what did God and Jesus teach humanity? Because everyone was getting their oar in the water. Everyone said, well, he meant this. He wanted to say this. This is it. And St. Athanasius kept us going down the middle road. Well, when it came time to help us understand what is the effect of Jesus, what does God want to do in our lives, he said this, God became a human being so human beings could become God. Another time he said, the Son of God became son, a son of man, so sons and daughters of man could become sons and daughters of God. We would later on say that the whole purpose of our faith is to become divinized. It's a lot different than just be good to someone. It's a lot different than say your prayers. Now, you got to be good to someone because God's good to people. You got to say your prayers because you got to tap in to God. But the heart of our faith is a transforming power, not for ethical purposes only, but for inner transformation that our ethos would even move us to God. That the beauty and glory that was in Jesus actually can shine out of you and me. This is what happened when people met Mother Teresa. They didn't just meet a really hard-working social worker. They met someone who was imbued and embodying a mystery. She was permeated with divine life and captivating. This is why when people met St. Catherine Drexel, a saint out of Philadelphia, they didn't just meet a shrewd businesswoman who started colleges for African Americans and Native Americans. No, they met in her someone who had a vision that was different than everyone else. A heart that was heroic in its love for the forgotten. They found in her Jesus. And here's the amazing thing. This is what happens to us in the sacraments of our faith. Baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, confession. It's all about the transforming power of Jesus' death and resurrection reaching and touching us no longer in the first century, but in the 21st century. No longer in the Middle East, but in Brecksville, Ohio. He actually enters into us to transform us from the inside out. Well, Father, how come more people aren't shining with the glory of Jesus then? We all come to Mass every week. What's going on? It's a good question. It's because most of us feel the thoughts, feelings, and desires that are not praiseworthy, that would make you think, oh, the people next to me would not want to be in this pew if they knew some of the things that I've thought and felt before. And what we normally do with those things is, whoom, we just hide them. No, that is bad. It's going to make me unlovable. People will leave me and mock me. No. But the reason Jesus is so hard on the religious leaders of his day is they didn't have mercy 
Mercy does not say you're fine the way you are. Mercy says, I want to hear where you're at, and I want to walk you to where God is calling you to be. I will not abandon you. I will not reduce you. I will not destroy you. This is why Jesus is mercy himself. He invites us to say, Lord, I'm having those thoughts again. Lord, I'm still having this renewed anger. Lord, I have these desires that are crazy and weird. I don't know what to do with them. When we allow him to enter in and meet us there, he doesn't destroy or condemn broken men and women. He fills us with hope and transforming power that we begin to walk day in and day out in his light and his love. This is why the most powerful phrase at Mass, some theologians say, is when I end the Mass and say, go. It's not that I don't want to say hi. It's because you're being missioned to witness to the world, hey, you got your stuff, I got mine. The only difference between extreme sinners and amazing saints is where they go for fulfillment. We're all made of the same stuff. That's why Jesus says, it's coming out of your heart. Let me have your heart, and I will show you I am kind and powerful. Kind, I will not destroy you. Powerful, I really can redeem you. And so let us take a few moments in silence and just recognize, is there any place in us this Sunday where we're hiding? Are any of us stuck in the external ritualization of the Mass? Father talks, we say a creed, then we get the Eucharist, and we can go finally to lunch. Like, these rituals are good. They help us know what's coming next. But they're meant to allow us to be trusting and vulnerable because we know what's coming next, so that we would be open. So let's take a few moments and allow God to have our hearts so that this Mass can transform us and we can witness to everyone in our homes, school, work, London Pickle Works, wherever you go. We can witness to them, we're made of the same stuff. The good news we have is we know how to become who we were all created to be. Amen.